This podcast contains explicit language and references to sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Listener discretion is advised. This episode has been re-released without music. If you'd like to listen to this episode with music included, please check us out on Spotify. Hello and welcome to another episode of Lyrical Innuendo, the podcast that asks the ultimate question, is this song about sex, drugs, or is it just rock and roll? I'm your host, Bubba Wheat, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Nick Rehack. How are you doing today? I am great, man. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good, and so this this hasn't happened in a while, but uh, we have a, our guest has returned for our listener request episode, Lackey. How are you doing today? I'm doing, I'm just doing great. Ah, that's good to hear. And this uh, this song that we are covering today is a listener request from listener Movie Rob. Uh, he gave us this request. Uh, he asked us to talk about Captain Jack by Billy Joel. He's a a, a big J- Billy Joel fan, and uh, he is is also out in um, Israel right now. So hopefully he stays safe out there uh, with everything going on. So I I thought that it would be I know he's a listener and uh, wanted to do something nice for him in this uh, crazy situation. Uh, so yeah, I uh, had him asked him for a song. And if you would also like to make a request for us to play in the future, we do have a Spotify uh, open playlist that if you have a Spotify account, you can add to it uh, any song that you would like. The link is in the show notes. Or if you're not on Spotify, you can also email requests to us directly at lyricalinuendo at gmail.com. And, uh, you know, just the quick background, this Captain Jack was released in November 1973. It was Billy Joel's second album, Piano Man. And this this song actually uh, partly got him his major record contract because he did a live performance of this song at a radio concert in 1972. And the the radio station liked this song so much, they started playing it as a single. And the listeners and other radio stations got a hold of it and started playing it. And the popularity grew. And he ended up getting um, a record deal with Columbia, because even though this was his second album, his first one was a much more uh, independent release. And... um, so I this I, I I think I'd heard of this song, but just like our last episode, I don't think I'd ever actually heard this song. Like I I like a lot of Billy Joel's later stuff. I do like Piano Man, but I don't think I'd ever actually heard this song until today. Um, Lackey, what's you know what's what's your background with this song? Because I I know you stuck around because you said that you love this song. Yeah. Um. This is a uh, when we were talking on the please 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 the please please me episode. I talk about how um, my parents were big Beatles fans. My parents were also big Billy Joel fans, and my very first concert uh, was Billy Joel uh, it, on his Nylon Curtain tour in 1982. And I was oh. eight, 
eight years old. I was wow. eight years old, and that was my first concert. Um, so, so um, Billy Joel is another uh, another artist whose music, kind of particularly seventies albums uh, and early eighties albums, kind of formed the kind of background soundtrack to my childhood and teenage years. Um, we had the Piano Man album, and this I remember even thinking very young, not understanding what this song was about thinking this was one of the standouts on that album. Um, it's just so epic uh, and it has so much gravitas to it uh, that you really can't help but take notice of it. Um, it, it it's maybe not his the most uh, accessible track on that album. Obviously, you know, Piano Man, it's, it's the Piano Man album and Piano Man quite rightly is like one of his signature songs. But this is a song that even impressed me as a young kid. Nice. Nick, what, what about you? What's your history with this song? I came to Billy Joel later in life. It wasn't until I had family living out of state and I started driving hours upon hours to visit them uh, and just putting on whole albums. And I'm like, you know what? I've never really listened to this artist. So let's listen to that. I've never listened to this person. Let's listen to that. Billy Joel uh, was one of the artists on a trip and I'm going through Piano Man and all of a sudden this song comes on and I'm just blown away and I'm like, this is what I was, this is what I've been looking for. This is the Billy Joel that I want. And we get a little bit more of that. It's with this being his second album, it's like we got later Billy, we had a glimpse of later Billy Joel with a song like this. And then we figured out later on that's where kind of we're headed and where we're from. And like like you saying, just the power of this song and just how intense it gets and how big it gets. It's just something so magical about it. It's like you're on a merry-go-round and it's speeding up and it's slowing down and you're feeling all of these different things. Once you feel happy, you feel sad. It's just such a powerful song that mixes everything together. And I'm always so blown away by it every time I hear it. It's it's probably my favorite track on that album. As good as Piano Man is, as underrated as Stop in Nevada is, like there's something about this song that just grabs and doesn't let go. And I love every second of it, no matter how depressing of a song it can be. Because <laughs> <laughs> nice. this gets dark. <laughs> it is. It really is a depressing piece of work. Yeah, and if you're listening on Spotify and you have not heard this before, we are going to take a quick break and let you listen to it right now. Yeah, one one other like little trivia bit that I found, uh, according to his biography, uh, Billy Joel wrote this song in late 1971 while sitting in in his apartment in Oyster Bay, Long Island, and he was looking out the window trying to find inspiration for a song. And across the street was a housing project, and he saw a bunch of suburban teenagers going into the project and buying heroin from a dealer known as Captain Jack. Yeah, it sounds about right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then I was like, like I said, I, I never really heard this song, but I had kind of heard of it. And I like I knew that it was about drugs. I, I didn't know that it was specifically supposed to be about heroin. But and, and you know, I, the lyrics are pretty clear. You know, Captain Jack will get you high tonight. <laughs> I don't think there's too much question about what that is supposed to mean. But at the same time, I, I always got the impression that it was like pro-drugs and people thought that it was pro-drugs. And then I was as I was reading 
uh, you know, like the Wikipedia and the kind of just the basic stuff that Billy Joel actually wrote this song as an anti-drug. Like he was against drugs and at least in the course of this song, because he had the opinion, it almost feels like a boomer opinion that, that, you know, suburban teenagers have it so nice. What do they need to get high for? Mm. Yeah. What what do you got to, what do you got to escape from if you got it so good, you know? Mm -hmm. Kids and your rock and roll eight track tapes. (laughs) With your, with your, with your eight track tapes and your, I, I can't think King of Crimson reel to reels. <laughs> <laughs> I'm starting to resemble that remark, Nick. Um, <laughs> I, no, I no, I, I, me, I, oh, you got I, it, Lucky. I was going to say, I do seem to remember my dad had a reel to reel tape player when I was a kid. <laughs> we were I, a weird I, family. <laughs> we're, no, um, I, I think for me, when I found this song, I was at a point in my life where. I had dropped out of college and I'm bumming around the house, not doing anything with my life. And then I hear a song like this and it's starting to appeal to me. You know what I mean? Opening up with Saturday night and you're hanging around tired of this one horse town. Yeah. I'm from the Baltimore area, like not the city necessarily. We're just outside of the County, but it's a small enough little nook to where it can feel like it's that one horse town. It's I'm just stuck in this place and I'm a nobody. And what can I do? Like, how am I ever going to escape this? And while our protagonist in the song clearly escapes through drugs for me i ended up finding that outlet and like just you know moving away from home for a little bit and just changing my surroundings altogether so i think the song is pro escapism in a way but like you said bubba weed i think there's also like an anti-drug thing on the side as well it takes a little bit to get there and find that but i think with everything else that's going on within the song it's easy to look at it as a like hey we're all doing drugs and this is how you get through I think it's it was pretty clear to me once I figured out the gist of the song. And again, considering that I came to this song when I was very young and, and my parents played for me a lot of music that was they probably shouldn't have been playing for a young kid. <laughs> um, you know, um, th- th- this is by no means like the raunchiest song I ever heard when I was, my age was in single digits. Mm -hmm. Um, But once I kind of grew up and got a little bit more sophistication and kind of understood what was going on here, it it is, I think the message really that Billy Joel is, is really trying to send here is that the, the protagonist of this song song is a complete loser. Mm -hmm. It's like the, the, the guy, the kid that he's singing about is, is a loser, but you do like, especially reading what I read, you do get the impression that he's a loser that has everything because he talks about, you know, you decide to take a holiday, you got your tape deck and your brand new Chevrolet and he has a, a girlfriend that he can have sex with in the parking lot. And, but still like, it starts out with, um, his sister has gone out and he's just kind of sitting home and masturbate. So it, it's, and he's like, uh, but your fingers, uh, but still your fingers going to pick your nose. It like, you really get the impressions that that Billy Joel is looking down on this person. That's, that's buying heroin from captain Jack. And, and, and not just, not just this, this, this one person, this one guy, this one kid, this one teenager, but the whole kind of environment 
there's this sort of disdain later on in the song. Uh, and it, it's one of the most evocative to me images of the song, but the line about, uh, um, uh, you got everything, but nothing's cool. And they just found your father in the swimming pool, <laughs> you know? So it's, 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 it's like, there's a sort of hollowness to suburban life, the life of these people. And it's not just the kids, it's the adults as well. You know, uh, mm. to, to, to me, even at a young age, it, it pretty much the line, they've just found your father in the swimming pool pretty much indicated the guy was dead somehow. Yeah. That's, that's and, how um, I read it as well. Although I, I don't, I'm not sure if he's implying that his father committed suicide because it doesn't seem like, he would have like I don't get like a a murder plot implication. I I almost get a feeling, I kind of get a feeling of almost like a heart attack or working himself to death on the one hand or on the other hand. Uh, to be completely honest, drugs also. Yeah, I, I could see that. That's how that, I took it. To where it was accidental, but at the same time, this this is a person that's rich enough to have a their own swimming pool. Uh-huh. He he's the the dad is rich enough to die in luxury. Mm. Mm. But Captain but Captain Jack can get you high tonight. And I and I think it is pretty clear like the the heroine because you know especially with the line just a little push and you'll be you'll be smiling. So I I think that's that's pretty clearly implying like shooting up higher heroin with a needle. Uh -huh. Yeah, because it's not like he's saying puff or smoke or toke or anything like that. Like a little push and you'll be smart. Like that really, it it it's so like sad the way it sounds. Like he's he doesn't really pity them. Like he's kind of just like yeah, whatever, kind of writing them off and everything. But there's still a, a tinge of sadness there, and that sadness is just a little push and you'll be smiling. Like just. Like, that's what it takes to get you to smile. Like, all the different things you had. But what you touched on earlier, the character's talking about, you know, this new car. He's going to go on holiday. He's got a girl. He's got these new English clothes. He's got all these things. But, like, that's what it takes to get him to smile. And that's, like, a, a bummer of a line. On top of finding that Ted in the swimming pool, you're just <laughs> masturbating, all these other things. Like, that's just such a just sad throwaway line. And it and, and it and it's it's a bummer to hear it sometimes. Yeah, and even the condensation like later on because this is a long song like this is over seven minutes long mm -hmm. uh, and towards the end you have the line well you're 21 and still your mother makes your bed yeah if only <laughs> <laughs> so that again this to me this this feels like the boomer mentality like you know talking about millennials still living with their parents after their you know the if Billy Joel thinks that you once you turn 18, you should be out and on your own, either in college in a dorm or uh, working with with a job, living on your own. Bindle and a stick bobbing on down the street. Yeah. <laughs> where's your where's your go get it attitude? Where's yeah. your ambition? It's over in the swimming pool. It's <laughs> floating next to your dead dad. Face down. <laughs> I'm sure you got the inheritance. Yeah. <laughs> but it's probably a trust. So, you know, when's he going to get actual access to it? Mm. And really, what's this kid going to do with all that money anyway? 
nothing nothing cool right nothing nothing good he's not going to spend it on magic cards or anything like that because they're not even going to be invented for 30 for 20 years but i don't i don't know what the hell i'm talking about anymore just spending it with captain jack just take that money and just shoot it directly into your arm and it's still 40 years before we get captain jack sparrow yeah and that was the just the or, or or Captain Jack Harkness, and um, yeah, that was when 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 they introduced that character to Doctor Who, because as everybody who has been downwind of me knows, I'm a huge Doctor Who fan. Uh, every time they mention that character, I can't help but think of this song. <laughs> well, it's hard not to. Yeah, and this is this is the most depressing episode of Doctor Who ever. <laughs> yeah, just. A dead dad and shooting heroin in the parking lot. Yeah. Uh, but that's that's all I got to it. Do either of you have anything else uh, that you want to say about the lyrics or about the song in general? I think uh, no, it speaks for really. itself by this yeah. point. All right. Well, the, I think that brings us to our final verdict. So, Nick, why don't you start us off? Uh, what's, what's your final verdict? Is Captain Jack about sex, drugs, or is it just rock and roll? Captain Jack is 90% drugs, 10% sex. Yeah, I am. I'm going with, you know, it's it's pretty much all about drugs and, and getting high and, and really like the condensation. Con, oh, I can't think of the word. Condescension. 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 That's <laughs> I kept trying to say condensation. <laughs> like, I know that's not right. <laughs> Uh, but just looking down on this person, you know, this suburban teenager or young adult, since he does reference him being 21 towards the end of the song, just going to the projects to, to to his drug dealer and then going back to the his big house in the suburbs to go get high. Uh, and then there's a little bit of sex, but I think it's mostly about the drugs. Uh, Lackey, what's your final verdict? It's about the drugs. All right. Sounds good. And thank you once again, Lackey, for coming back for another episode and uh, sticking around with us. And one more time, why don't you go ahead and let people know where else they can find you online? You can find me where you can find uh, Lyrical Innuendo. You can find my podcast, uh, Musically Ignorant, co-hosted by the inimitable Jason Soto, uh, the fearless leader of our little rabbit hole podcast gang and wherever rabbit hole podcasts can be found there you can find me lurking in the darker corners of spotify right and i've i've been bubba wheat and uh, my co-host has been nick rayhack as always and you can find us at rabbitholepodcasts.com there's also ways to support us and the entire network on the sites, there's a Patreon as well as a, a link to uh, a free trial of Audible. Uh, there's a lot of stuff, a lot of other great shows in the network. Uh, and uh, you can find the newest episodes on Spotify. And we also have a playlist on there that has a, a list of all the songs that we've covered that are available on Spotify. And I also tend to add the upcoming songs uh, on there as well. So if you want a, a sneak peek about 
uh, what songs we'll be covering in the near future, you can check out that playlist, which is linked in the show notes. And if you would like to make a request, like I mentioned at the top of the show, there is a link to an open Spotify playlist that you can add songs to, or you can email us directly at lyricalinuendo at gmail.com. You can also send us, you know, uh, comments, questions, and uh, and requests, uh, anything. We'd be happy to answer your emails. And uh, until next time, uh, just a little push play and you will hear us again. This podcast has been produced for Rabbit Hole Podcasts. You can find the site at rabbitholepodcasts.com. Thanks to Jason Soto as executive producer, Nick Rehack as my co-host, and thank you for listening. You can also get a 30-day free trial of Audible at audibletrial.com slash rabbitholepod.